The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Our shifting downtown landscape, the agony of being a jazz fan, and lots of hot goss in Park City this week. Lead producer Emily Means is here to help make sense of it all. It's Friday, March 31st. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily Means, happy Transgender Day of Visibility. Happy Transgender Day of Visibility, Ali Vallarta. How are you celebrating? Well, I'm going to send a message to my trans loved ones and mm-hmm. let them know that I love them so much. Um, there's also a rally today at the Utah State Capitol. I think it's at 5 p.m. And that's a great place to show your support for this community as well. Yeah. Also, this morning is the flag raising at Washington Square Park, which I'm going to try and go to. It's already nice to see the Project Rainbow flags all over the city. And it's important to celebrate trans joy and gender nonconforming joy. And it's important to be seen. So this is an important holiday. Completely agree. Okay, let's get into the news. I'm excited because everyone's favorite villain is on trial in Park City. And she is here to hash out the very important question, the question we didn't know we needed answers to, which is, who was uphill? (laughs) Who was uphill? Oh, my gosh. So Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, movie star. Academy Award winner. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Academy Award winner, Gwyneth Paltrow. Credit where credit is due. Yep. Spreader of misinformation. A spreader of misinformation. Almond mom scam Lifestyle influencer. She is in court in Summit County, just on the other side of the mountain from us. And okay, Allie, Glamour called this the trial of the century. <laughs> Sorry, just to be clear, a century is 100 years. 100 years. years and this <laughs> is the trial of the century. It absolutely is cracking not. up. That is clickbait. You know, it's so much bigger than I thought. I was at the gym and checking out what was on the TV. There was an entire CNN panel breaking down this trial. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is news news, I guess. This is right proper news. So here we are talking about it. Oh, I already cannot wait for the made for TV movie. It's going to be like uphill, the Gwyneth Paltrow story, (laughs) like collision. Who skied first? Collision. All right, let's yeah, lay, exactly. out, lay out the details as we know them. 76-year-old optometrist Terry Sanderson. <laughs> I'm already cl- laughing. Why is claims, the word optometrist funny? I don't know. I don't know. Claims Gwyneth Paltrow ran into him on a ski slope at Deer Valley Resort in 2016. He is suing her for $300,000. He says the collision gave him a concussion and broken ribs and also apparently he doesn't enjoy wine tastings anymore <laughs> or something. 
That's what Glamour reported. It's the classic, this incident has impacted my ability to have fun and enjoy my life later on. And apparently his idea of a good time is wine tastings. Well, probably a lot of people's idea of a good time. But Mm -hmm. anyway, Gwyneth turned around and said, no, 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 no. This guy hit me and is (laughs) countersuing for $1. And she says she lost half a day of skiing as a result of this incident. Okay. He is also accusing her of after colliding into him and leaving him with a broken rib, et cetera, et cetera, of basically just leaving him laying in the snow, like leaving him for dead. And that to me is the most Gwyneth Paltrow part of all of this, because if you don't believe that Gwen would look you up and down and ski away, like you don't know this woman, like you have not been following this woman for the past 20 years, like the rest of us. Initially, Emily, he wanted $3.1 million, and a judge was like, get real. So now he's asking for $300,000. This is wealthy on wealthy violence. (laughs) Yes, this is White Lotus season three. Like, look no further than Park City, okay? Well, and it's so funny because as Salt Lakers, like, we do think of Park City as, like, our snobby cousins to the east. And, like, this trial really lays that to bear. Like, this is too deeply out of touch people who can't settle a disagreement the way normal people settle disagreements. So they are litigating. And we all get to watch it. And we all get to judge them without any real consequence because the stakes are so low. And that is what makes this in some ways the trial of the century. Because we love a low stakes trial, right? Like there's no icky feeling hanging over this trial, which I think it's part of why it's so fun for us to talk about on the news roundup, because so often we have to talk about things that leave you with an icky feeling, but we want to do it in a way that's like entertaining and helpful. No, this is a free market. (laughs) We can make fun of both of these people openly and liberally. This trial is memeable as all get out. I saw, I saw, Allie, Gwynnocent until proven guilty. (laughs) And I was like, that's enough. That's enough. So, okay. Okay. To bring this, to bring this home to like what, you know, people in our community, skiers in our community probably actually care about is that uh, this trial has brought to light the skier code, which Mm. uh, I have a feeling neither you nor I knew about because we do not ski. No, we don't ski. This trial is the most I've ever thought about skiing. I've never learned more about skiing than this moment. No, but, but here's the thing that is interesting to me is like, this is, I mean, one of the reasons, I don't know about you, Em, one of the reasons I don't ski is that I don't need more dangerous sports in my life. I already ride horses. I date I already men. walk like, around I'm town in constant as a woman. Danger. Right, I'm in constant danger. But there's like no real laws for yes. this. Like this yes. is just, people are just, out here it's vibes flying down the side of bombed out mountains under the pretense of a code of ethics and that is alarming to me yes okay and the code is or the two big rules of this code uh ski in a way in which you can avoid other skiers and objects seems obvious to me okay and people below you have the right of way and that does make sense because if you're flying down the mountain, like it is your job to look after the people you who are down You can see who's me. below you. It is bad feng shui to be responsible for what's behind you when you can't see it, right? So we made a joke at the top that like boldly asked the question, who was uphill? But that's actually really what it comes down to. Yeah. They need to prove who was uphill because that is really the only way to determine who's guilty. It's like a car accident, right? If there are no witnesses, who hit who? That's where we right. start. 
right? right? It doesn't matter if it's because of other factors. If there are no witnesses, if there's nothing else to look at, and it's you that crashed into me, then our insurance companies move forward from there. So there is this this unspoken rule, which is not like legally enforceable, but in this court case is kind of what it hinges on. However, Summit and Salt Lake counties also have ordinances about what to do after a ski collision. This is surely not an uncommon thing. It just usually gets settled out of court. And the ordinance says that you need to stop and render reasonable aid and also exchange information. And so this keeps getting brought up in this trial as well. Gwyneth is saying, oh, well, I told my ski instructor to go get this guy's information. (laughs) And Terry Sanderson is like, this lady didn't stick around to make sure I was okay. She says, I delegated. Thank you. It's what I I do as as a girl boss and powerful CEO. So what do you want? What more? What more could I have? What more do you want? You know what? I love that you brought up, Emily, that like most of these things are settled out of court because that is my absolute favorite part of this trial is her refusal to settle. She hates this man. She hates this man. She says, I will get my one dollar from you, sir. The look of disdain in her face just being in Park City for this trial, right? And like, it's been covered by like all these outlets, like the outfits she's wearing, like all the different ways that she is signaling her disdain for Terry Sanderson. But like, here's why I think she hates him the most. A, of course she hates him for wasting her time. Like Gwyneth Paltrow is a person who does not like having her time wasted. But I think she hates him the most because we are talking about a neurotic Academy Award winning, like almond mom, Nepo baby perfectionist. And now the whole world knows that she got in a crash so deadly that it broke someone's ribs on a beginner ski run. Like she is bad at skiing. And if you are Gwyneth Paltrow and you are peak white wealth perfectionism Montauk vibes, the world knowing that you got in a crash on a run that's for children It's your humiliation. I'd just like to take this opportunity to extend an invitation to Ms. Paltrow. If she would like to come defend herself Mm -hmm. on this podcast, we'll have our people call your people, okay? We will lay out the red carpet. And by that, I mean we will send a Zoom link so polished, a Zoom link with so many characters, so invite. That Google Calendar invite will be the perfect color. Listen, oh my uh, Lord. I respect the process, but I'm too important to be here should be the new Park City motto. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's give Park City some credit, okay? Yeah, and I do okay. want to talk about other Park City news because yeah, surely, so much. surely other things Y'all are happening busy. up there. Busy having the best snow year of your lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, statewide, we're just breaking record after record. Speaking of Deer Valley, They broke a 40-year record, which I think is their entire history, 500 inches of snow at Deer Valley. What? Listen, it's never going to snow up there again because Gwen is going to use her goop powers to put a hex on them. So this is it. Everybody enjoy. Yeah. This ends. This ends now. None of you will ever enjoy half a day of skiing ever again. (laughs) No. I Googled it. Deer Valley opened in 1981. So, yeah. This is basically it. Wow. Good for you, Deer Valley. But all that to say, they're still planning on closing 
next month, which I think might come as a surprise to people who are like, yeah, let's ride out this snow year forever. Um, Their last day is April 23rd. Well, it's funny you say that because I bumped into a friend last night who was like, uh, Snowbird, which is always the last resort to close, is thinking that they might have skiing on the 4th of July this year. Oh, boy. Which they had in 2019, as recently as 2019, and I didn't know that. But I don't know. The thing about climate change. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's quite unpredictable. Because last year, they still had plenty of snow to, like, keep skiing pretty late into the season. But they closed early because all of a sudden temperatures spiked. Mm -hmm. So how much snow the resort has does not necessarily determine how late they can stay open. Because, A, like, if temps spike, then, oh, my God, we're in tenuous avalanche territory slash like whatever else and b we are in a staffing crisis like we have a staff crisis in this whole state especially seasonal workers not to mention a lot of resort staff like ski patrol those folks head south in the summer a lot of them that's exactly right Allie. i'm glad that you mentioned the staffing because i think it's probably something that Park City resorts have always struggled with because it's it's really expensive to find room and board up there. And yeah, you've got your next job to move on to. So, you know, it makes sense. Okay, I do want to ask you how you feel, Emily, about this like last little piece of news out of Park City this week, because you used to be a reporter, let us not forget, at KPCW, the public radio station there. Park City billionaire Matthew Prince and wife, I just know I already love her, Tatiana Prince, purchased <laughs> the Park Record newspaper. I don't know these billionaires. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see them on the bus ride up to Park City when yeah. I was working at the radio station there. <laughs> but I think one thing that's important for local media is that they're is a local person to support it. And Matthew Mm -hmm. and Tatiana Prince are full-time Park City residents. Um, So I think that this is a pretty good deal for the paper of record in Park City. I also saw that they wanted to convert the paper to a nonprofit model, like Mm -hmm. the Salt Lake Tribune, which is interesting to me, uh, and that they want to make print copies available for free and also improve the online product. Um, I hope this means there is a great deal more investment in the park record. When I was working up there, I swear there were like three people on staff. Jay Hamburger, shout out to Jay Hamburger, who covers Park City. He is a legend, and uh, yeah, it's always good to see more money flow into our greatly needed local media resources. Future Allie here. Right after Emily and I finished recording, the jury finished deliberating and found that Gwyneth Paltrow is in fact innocent, and per her countersuit, she will be awarded one dollar. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. 
Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. Okay, Emily, I think we should call this like, I don't want to say segment, but there is some news related to the look and feel of downtown. Downtown facelift corner? Construction corner! Our construction corner. Yes, I love that. I was driving around last night thinking about how sad downtown looks right now. Oh, my God. Scaffolding everywhere. Well, it's funny because last week we were talking about the Rio Grande plan and the UTA wanting to build new office towers. And I made the joke that, like, who's going to the office? And then I was reading Building Salt Lake this week, and they actually had a story that was like, who's going to the office in downtown Salt Lake? A lot of people. Surprising to me, too. Right? Like a lot of these new developments that are going up are office buildings. And I think a lot of us drive or walk past them and are like, who's working in that? Like, who's going in there? But Building Salt Lake reports that, like, they're actually filling up. Like, we are ahead of the curve nationally in terms of filling our downtown office spaces, which, if you are a downtown lunch spot, is good news for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was really interesting to me because, well, we work mostly remotely. Frankly, I love working remotely. I think that it's that it gives us tremendous flexibility in our lives. Yeah. But I guess businesses still see a value in requiring people to come into the office. And so they're filling these spaces. Yeah. Well, and it's we've seen like just in the past few months, specifically some Utah tech companies like ringing the sort of dinner bell to get people Mm -hmm. back into the office, among them Qualtrics. And a lot of those employees, for them, that means they're going to have a commute because not that many people live in Lehigh. And yet that is where, you know, Silicon Slopes is sort of based. But could they offer maybe a downtown location? Mm -hmm. Or I don't know. You know, I like going into the office. I'm one of those sickos that really enjoys like water cooler banter. I like hearing about my colleagues, like bad date or kitchen remodel. Like, I think that kind of stuff is fun. One thing. So after we uh, after we talked about the Rio Grande plan in UTA last week, Allie, I was talking with a transportation consultant and they said that people are super hot on transit oriented offices right now. Like Uh. it is 
it's exactly what people want. And I completely understand that. It's exactly like you said with what's happening in Silicon Slopes. No one wants that I-15 commute. Right. So planning office spaces downtown or near a track stop or a bus hub or whatever makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. The other construction corner news that I saw also in Building Salt Lake is that Hotel Monaco is getting a facelift. I love this building. And so I'm glad to see that the facelift is on the inside. (laughs) That's true. It's getting an interior facelift. You're right. You're right. But I like the funky decor. I wonder if being across the street from the new Hyatt Regency has created a bit of an insecurity, you know? Mm. Yeah, to kind of zhuzh up their old school vibe. Well, it seems like they haven't refreshed since like 2000 or something. Like Mm, they haven't refreshed the decor. So I'm glad to see that they're kind of zhuzhing up their bar. They're zhuzhing up uh, Bambara, the restaurant and the hotel as well. Yeah. I like a little little spring refresh, you know? Okay, last piece of construction corner news. This is not construction news, but I think we file under. Look at you rubbing your hands together. Ooh, like a we break. got a hot update. We have some breaking news. <gasps> I am Hit so me with it, Emily. excited you about this, You called to confirm Allie. this. I Hit us with to it. Confirm. There is some exciting news from the Canela's block that is 2nd East and 5th South. And Canela's closed in 2020. This was a beloved Italian restaurant. One of the first local places I went to when I moved to Salt Lake. Before that, wow. I was like... Yeah, let me hit up Buca de Beppo's or whatever. Well, but you are from Leighton, so I that's from the Layton. way of your people. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> but they closed during the pandemic. It was just way too hard to operate. They will be breathing new life into that space soon. So uh, the Canellas family owns both that Canellas restaurant and the Taco Taco space next door. As far as Taco Taco goes, that place will continue to be Taco Taco, but... The Water Witch fellas will be operating out of it, operating some something. We're not entirely sure what that right. project's going to look like, but Water Witch is one of the best cocktail bars in this city. Yeah, James Beard nominated. Also, They're incredible. The Water Witch crew are unstoppable right now. Like mm-hmm. they're also taking over the gnome space at Central Ninth, which is next door to their Water Witch uh. location there. They just took on formerly Campfire in Sugar House, which is now Acme Bar Company. That's them and the Island Time guys like collaborating to make that sucker fish, which is super cool and fun if you haven't been there. Really tasty bites, great drinks, fun ambiance. Now this, like another spot, I mean, I don't know. I think it's exciting because in a post-pandemic world, it's really nice to see some of our local businesses that we love, that show up for the community a lot, that are beloved, growing and thriving and expanding. Right. No, this is so exciting to me. And then even more exciting because the actual Canela's restaurant space uh, is going to be updated with kind of like a coffee shop setup. Yes. And... Maybe like some rotating pop-ups. And one thing in particular that's exciting is that Baby's Bagels is going to be popping up in there. So we'll have like a coffee shop bagel situation. And um, oh my God, Allie. I I can't imagine like anything more that I need on that block. Well, and you know, I feel really strongly that we have kind of a bagel dearth here. And when Baby's Bagels does those pop-ups, I mean, they are slammed. And 
it is a lot of, I will say, the coastal folks that are fairly new to Salt Lake are there because they need their bagel fix. Um, the salt bagel, last time they did it at Arlo last Sunday and I got the pastrami, it was like life changing. Oh but yeah, I will God. be excited to see them have a bit of a brick and mortar. It sounds like it's going to be maybe like a ghost kitchen kind of thing. Like yes, they'll, exactly. They'll be like exactly temporary. Like and it also sounds like what Canellas wants is to have other vendors in there, like to figure out how to be cycling through different folks and giving them space to utilize, which is awesome. They want a little bit of flexibility to use that space, you know, in different ways. One thing that they need to sort out still is the liquor license situation. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, as you know, we have a shortage of liquor licenses here in this state. So still need to figure that out. But uh, Joey Canella told me they hope to be open by the end of May. Love Pretty it. soon. Lots of Ooh, uh, ex- lots exciting for people to. who love delicious food and drink. Yeah, we love a spring awakening. Speaking of which, what are you doing this weekend, Emily Means? Are you going to get out of the house? I am going to get out of the house, Ali Vallarta. I am going to root for the Utah Falcons, the women's football team. Excuse me. <clears throat> Two-time national champions. Right. Thank you. Utah Thank Falcons. You. They have mm-hmm. a 71-9 and record. Yes, correct. Um, I will take this moment to uh, just direct people to the fabulous interview we had with Lacey Mile, who is the president of the Utah Falcons, about what creating a space dedicated to women's sports could mean for her team. So we will link that episode in our show notes. But their season opener is this Saturday at 3 p.m. at Cottonwood High School. Tickets are only $12. And I'm ready to to cheer for our our local women athletes. How about that? You know who doesn't have a 71-9 and nine record? <laughs> Why would why would you frame it that way though, Allie? <laughs> the Utah to Jazz. Hurt me? Their record is thirty six and forty. <laughs> to hurt me. Listen, oh, Jazz fans, I feel like are caught between a rock and a hard place right now because you want the Jazz to win because that's the point of fandom, but I've never wanted the Jazz to lose more. <laughs> okay, tell they me are, why you want the Jazz to. They lose. They are headed out of town this weekend, and it's like I feel like I'm standing there waving them off and being like, "Make bad choices." <laughs> Um, and uh, come back losers, please, because at this point, it's a wash. And so what I need you to do is suck as much as possible so that we can have a very good draft pick next year and continue to build a better team as part of what I think is Danny Ainge's like five-year plan to a championship. I guess, you know, at this point, I should probably just own up to the fact that my prediction that the Jazz <laughs> is going to win this year's championship is not going to happen. No. But listen, we had fun along the way. (laughs) We have fun along the way. God, we're so sporty this weekend. I will be Saturday night rooting for the Utah Grizzlies hockey team. They're playing the Wichita Thunder, and I love watching hockey. I love the sound of being in a hockey arena, and um, I think it's going to be fun. Their season's kind of like winding down, so it's a good time to go and root for them. Tickets are cheap. They're like 16 bucks. Grizzly games are so fun. Get a Uh, beer. Maverick Center. Yep. Hope for a fight. Like, yeah, just let it all hang out, you know? 
Yeah, go sports, go. One last thing we should mention before we get out of here. It is spring general conference downtown this weekend. General conference is something that happens twice a year, which is basically like the massive gathering of Mormons from all around the world who come to hear members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints give speeches and make sort of decisions, anticipate perhaps some like changes to church policy rolling out this weekend. But what you need to know is there will be crowds. Downtown will be crazy. If you're planning to drive around, you will get stopped while hordes of people pass. Just plan carefully. Do not try to park anywhere downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in case there are any conference goers listening to this podcast, I saw that your conference ticket serves as your UTA pass for the weekend. Oh, cool, huh? How fun. Okay, Emily, I will see you on Monday. And by then, we will know if Gwyneth Paltrow is guilty. Gwyneth until proven guilty. (laughs) Bye, Allie. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this fabulous city. Have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs>